and a lot of people say let's you know can't wait to get back to normal and normal to me is like it's a word like perfect it's like what's normal it's like perfect it's so subjective so I don't think any of us can predict and I think actually just to go back to what we were doing before in whatever walk of life it is means that we've kind of wasted I don't want to sound trite but the opportunity that this time has given us. This is Crisis Cast 2020 with me, Toby Goodman, a podcast where I get timely wisdom from experts in life and business. These guests will answer my five questions, sharing wisdom and insights to help you and me get through this global shitstorm. Today on Crisis Cast 2020, Sarah Jones. Sarah is a career and business coach from the UK, and this conversation was recorded on June the 8th. This is the first interview I've done since the Black Lives Matter protests, and we touched upon that at moments during our chat. It's appropriate then that I use this intro to say we stand by Black Lives Matter. In this podcast, Sarah shares her experiences with her clients and community, how she's getting work done in lockdown, and why being busy is so last decade. Enjoy. Before we start the show, I have something for you if you identify as pod curious. It's perfect for you if you're an expert, consultant or business owner. Maybe you're wondering if podcasting is worth the effort, especially now, or perhaps you've tried podcasting in the past but have been disappointed with the results. In this free guide, Podstar, I'll share the exact seven steps we use to help publish over 2,000 podcasts each month. To get instant access, go to podcastnetworksolutions.com. Sarah Jones, welcome to Crisis Cast 2020. It's June the 8th. You're in the UK up the road. Thanks for joining me. Pleasure. Pleasure to be here on a Monday evening. Yes, it is a Monday evening and it's quite late for us. Anyway, t- tell me, what's your experience been so far on a local level? Uh, from a pandemic point of view, tell me how it's affected you on a personal level, what's going on, what's happened? I mean, my overriding thought is that I feel very fortunate and very lucky. I've got a great family. I've got great friends. And I think it really allows you to, you know, how often you read about gratitude being such a key to happiness, you know, like positive psychologists are always talking about this sort of thing. And, it, you know, at first I was actually quite worried about the lockdown because I'm such an extrovert, although I do like my own time. And I thought, oh, hang on, how am I going to deal with this being such an extrovert? But actually, my working day hasn't really changed anyway because I work from home and it's given me a lot of time for self-reflection and really to sort of ask myself, well, hang on a minute. I was doing this stuff before and I don't miss doing that. I was running around a lot, being busy, 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 and I've quite enjoyed the reflection time. But I think my overriding sensation has been around being grateful, you know, because so many people have been in difficult situations. Um, And I'm lucky, as I say, I've got great friends. I've noticed that as with any change in life, people react differently. So even though we're, we're all under this blanket issue, if you can call it, of the pandemic, Within that, everybody is having such a different experience. So 
it's been fascinating, you know, and I've been continuing to work with people and coach people through it myself. So that's really helped me as well. When you help others, you kind of help yourself as well. Absolutely agree. So you're, you've got time to do more stuff. There's, there's a lot of, there's always been a lot of humble bragging around being busy for certain people. Mm. So it's nice. uh, It's nice not to be able to hear that brag so much these days. Mm. And also reflections call. Have you been finding time to, to reflect in specific ways, reading, walking? What have you been doing that you normally wouldn't have been doing? Had you been being busying around when when this this thing first sort of happened um being a coach I wrote myself what I called a crushing covid plan (laughs) and I stripped Uh it back to health and fitness like making sure I'm taking my vitamins all of that exercise I always exercise anyway so I'm, I'm really lucky in that it's not as though I have to think, oh, I've got to exercise. I actually really enjoy it. And it gives, you know, as we all know, it's just so good for you. Um, what I have been doing, there's a really nice concept called habit stacking. So when I've been, when we were exercising just for an hour a day, what I did was combined my running with listening to audio books because I've got this virtual pile of books on my Audible uh, I was looking at this pile of books in my library um, and I've got through so many books, so many books. It's been amazing, you know, and I've done things such as uh, Excel. I've sort of switched my plans for the year because I've had a lot of speaking engagements booked, which have now moved to the back end of the year. So uh, what I have done is switched my own professional development and education. So I've been doing a lot of that, a lot of courses and things. So it's been great. In a way, I feel really, like I say, really appreciative of, you know, that everything in my life's been going really well, because I know it's not like that for some people. Yeah. So any particular audio books that you can recommend? Yeah, absolutely. There's one, I don't know if you know the writer Mark Manson. Have you ever heard of Mark Manson? He's got a website and it's called The Subtle Art of Not Giving a... Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. And it's just a great mindset around, come on, you know, let's not, you know, just let go, enjoy yourself, be yourself. And I've been doing a lot of uh, workshops with the School of Life. I don't know if you know the School of Life. Uh, I was planning to go to some of their events in London because I love reading their materials, their books, their videos are fantastic. Uh, obviously can't go into London at the moment, but they've been doing them virtually. And I just love the philosophy around, you know, and this might sound weird given that I coach, but I think there's a lot of pressure on us as human beings these days to be successful at everything, happy all the time. And I'm not a believer in that. I'm a believer in, you know, failure not being another F word. It's, It's an opportunity to learn. And that's where I think you make the biggest growth spurts. And I'm sure throughout this time, if people have been using it wisely, they've probably been asking questions such as, am I really happy doing what I'm doing? Am I really happy in my relationship? You know, so, yeah, they've been, it's fantastic. School of Life, it's very realistic, very realistic about how you can be yourself, develop and not run away from your failings as a human being. Yeah. Amazing. In line with that. Yeah. I definitely think the, you know, the constraint of this has brought out some amazing focus in people around me and also me, I'll be honest, give myself a bit of credit. Like 
it's been a real tool to focus, you know, not having the opportunity to go off and see a couple of mates down the road because it's be quite nice actually. And this is hurting my head, you know, like to keep, to keep the focus uh, and just a little bit, not too much, but that little bit of the unknown fear that is completely normal, a tiny little bit of anxiety that is completely normal to experience when you're in hashtag unprecedented times you know that is gonna just focus you up a little bit you know if i'm gonna be one of the people that's gonna get through this properly and and well and on the other side happy and healthy and all of that what am i gonna do today that's gonna make that work rather than ah what can i do later on because i'm going to the pub for a nice (laughs) yeah so i think that's cool and audiobooks completely addicted to them podcasts Mm. of course as well so yeah yeah, it's good I've heard of that book obviously it's one of those titles that you see kicking around I've not actually read it so yeah I'll check it out yeah it's good his material is really good it's like come on let's just be real (laughs) so okay so you're obviously working with a lot of people feels like we're getting through this what do you think the other side looks like for people you're working with and you, I mean, you're working remotely anyway, I know, but yeah. what's the other side look like generally? It's, it's an interesting one because we keep talking about, and a lot of people say, let's, you know, I can't wait to get back to normal. And normal to me is like, it's a word like perfect. It's like, what's normal? It's like perfect. It's so subjective. So I don't think any of us can predict. And I think actually just to go back to what we were doing before, in whatever walk of life it is, means that we've kind of wasted, I don't want to sound trite, but the opportunity that this time has given us, you know? So I think it's going to be quite challenging. And I've spoken to a few people who have obviously had career challenges through being furloughed. I think there's some difficult navigations, if I can use that word, to get through, well, hang on a minute, I'm going back to my job. What does my job actually look like now? And how, you know, how's my company going to look after my health? And if I'm a manager or a leader, you know, how do I motivate people and bring them back in when they might have taken it quite personally that they've been furloughed, you know, when some people weren't? And how do I help people that are still homeschooling their kids? So I think there's lots of different little nuances. So I think the world of work is going to be quite interesting, as in what does that look like? So I think it was Twitter that have said uh, to people in London, look, we're just going to carry on working like this. You know, if you don't want to come into the office and don't come into the office. Now, for me, and I don't know about you, Toby, but for, as someone who works at home a lot, it surprised me at how many companies just aren't really geared up to do it. And haven't been geared up to do it and seem to want to get back to work where it's like, well, why do you need to go into an office? I know there are certain face-to-face things you need to do, but I think it's going to be quite quite an interesting time to see how companies are going to react and how, you know, leaders are going to lead through the nuances of companies going back, bringing staff back to work, their policies, you know, HR policies around all of this. I think that's going to be quite nuanced from company to company. So if you had conversations with friends or people you work with about what they want their lives to look like, I think you and I probably know a few. Mm. We, live in, we live in the same area, right? So we know kind yeah. of largely what 
you know, what the demographic around here is. And a lot of people have jobs, right? So are you having conversations with people? Because I've started to have conversations with employed people who are looking at the fact that I've built my own thing and I'm rowing my own boat and then maybe they should start their own thing, you know, like, are you having those chats with people? Yeah. And I'm have, I've had, um, you know, when it, when it, when this first kicked off, I had, uh, quite a few people write to me on my Facebook page and things like that when I posted saying, Oh, I don't know what to do. And because of what's happened, it's really made them question their roles so I spoke to one lady who was just in a dreadful panic because she said, you know, my business, I, I work part time, but my other business is like massage, very like hands on treatment, that sort of thing. And I said, OK, right, let's let's just bash through some goals. Let's think about what you can do now. And she said, well, I said, what have you been longing to do, but you've put off? And she said, well, I should really be doing more on Facebook, Facebook Lives. So she started doing, she didn't do the lives, but she did some videos about her work. And she just pinged me a note saying, actually, I thought I was going to dread this, but I love it. I've had so many comments and people saying to me, I want to book with you when we can get back, you know, because, you know, and I said, well, look, you know, if your thing is massaged, what are people doing at home now? sitting at home hunched up over a computer so they need information give valuable information away so that's been a real shift for her because she was sort of operating from a place of fear sitting in a job that she doesn't enjoy at all not being given any direction which was eradicating her confidence and she you know I said well what is keeping you there and sometimes people just need I think with coaching and helping people permission to admit to themselves that, you know what, I'm not happy. And once you admit it, you then get into like busting the problem down and coming up with solutions. So a lot of conversations around that. A lot of people really looking at what they're doing and thinking, do I really want to be doing this in a couple of years time? And I think it's a great opportunity to review those things now, because before you know it, you know what it's like when things start to move a bit more and we maybe get a bit more mobile again, then you're going to get caught up again in the day-to-day, you know, day-to-day grind of life and forget you even had those thoughts. So, yeah, it's a lot of different conversations around that. People sort of questioning, uh, is this really what I want to be doing? Yeah. And in terms of clients, how, how are you helping them? Has there been any specific pandemic covid related stuff or is it business as usual yeah i've been helping a lot of the um what i have been doing is some webinars for like local industry associations and trade bodies to talk about you know how you can maintain and build resilience because resilience is a bit like a fuel tank you've got to keep it topped up to a certain degree otherwise it kind of goes you know, it's not just something that you have and you have. It's it's almost like a skill that you learn to develop. It's a muscle you learn to develop. So I've been doing lots of things around that. I've been doing very one-off calls with people that have been feeling quite anxious. I also thought it was a good time to pull together a load of materials that I've got and I've popped it onto a course for Udemy. I gave that away free for a month, which is, you know, because it's all materials that I've had on my system for ages and I'm like hang on a minute I've got a whole course here so let's just pop that onto Udemy so I've launched that as well so that gives people 
the ability to access a course, you know, and it was for free for a month and it's like £20, you know. What's the course? What's it called? It's called Career Success Secrets. So it gives you very, um, I think it's ideal for people that are earlier on in their career. Uh, it gives you lots of practical tools and templates and things about, you know, how to use LinkedIn, how to build your resume, how to deal with an interview, sorts of, you know, places where you can go and find a role. Um, but then also, if you want to go down that whole, what is my career direction, it gives you some self-coaching tools to help you do that as well. So, um, yeah. That sounds great. Yeah, it's great. It's, um, you know, glad that I could, I just thought, you know, sitting here, I've got all this material sitting here, so why not just push it out? Very cool. I will make sure we link to that as well. So send me a link to that if it's if it's on that platform. Um, so tell me about what's what's impressed you, surprised you, positive, negative, since this has all happened. We're speaking the weekend after um, major protests in London. Some yeah. mainly peaceful. Some some slightly violent like there's a lot of there's there's the black lives matter thing is kind of kicked in now um in the last few well in the last uh week or so here big time uh and all around the world so so crisis cast initially was <laughs> about covid and now it's not necessarily about that because this is the new crisis except we're all supposed to be social distancing and there's riots and there's very different feelings about how that goes down they're very strong on both sides um don't really want to get into politics or anything like that with you but i'm just kind of thinking you know what uh, and and if you want to stay away from the negative because we don't want to kind of bait a load of trolls or whatever tell me what's impressed you i don't know you know what's going on i tell you what i've noticed and i mean this isn't to do with the the demonstrations this specific point but i've kind of called covid the good the bad and the ugly you know um in terms of seeing some phenomenal outstanding acts that people have done um we've seen some bad poor behaviors uh and, and sort of things in between and i think that's very much about i think this is this situation has given us the opportunity to maybe see how people react in a crisis now some people aren't aware of why they react the way that they do usually if I do something and it's like why did I just do that what is that all about luckily because of some of the work I've done and if you're in this kind of realm you think hang on a minute okay what's going on here so I think it's given us an opportunity to see how other people live their life and what values they live by I also think that as human beings we want to we always want to cling on to some kind of certainty in life so for example that's why we often stay in relationships that no longer service why we stay stay in jobs that really don't service anymore because it's like I've got this thing and I know it's there rather than face the uncomfortable change and that's just, an ex and I think COVID is just, you know, people want to cling to going back to exactly how things were before, or I'm not going to, you know, um, walk around the supermarket in this way because I just want to do what I've always done. Do you know what I mean? They're quite small examples, but people clinging on. And, and if you know how change works, that change is a whole washing machine of emotions, you know, resistance, grief, denial and then acceptance and some people never move past those stages so I think it's just 
a great barometer for human behaviours, values and conditions. What I will say about the demonstrations is that obviously people have got to do what they feel is right. If that's something they feel passionate about, then everybody's got the right to express uh, an opinion about that. What I'm finding interesting, what I've noticed is, and actually what I'm quite pleased about, is that I think in the past, I I wonder whether companies and organisations have been nervous about stepping in and commenting on these kinds of protests. And what I've been really pleased to see is that companies haven't gone down the political route, but they've come out in support of what the protest is about and the brutality and the social injustice. And for me, it's like, great, could we actually see some company values around social injustice? Can we see that built into corporate social responsibility instead of shying away from it and going, do you know what? We're going to give money to this cause because it's the right thing to do. And I think companies in a way have shied away from it. And I keep reading how younger people want to understand what a company stands for when they go and work for them. What are your values as a company? So I'm hoping now that companies will start to take a stand on more of these things, not to be political, but just because it's like, you know what? We are companies, are human beings, companies, are relationships. And, you know, I'm, I'm really pleased to see companies making a stand on it doing things like closing their business for a day, you know? Yeah. Yeah, that's awesome. That's real leadership. Yeah. In a way, like, the world is now open. We're on Zoom. We're remote. Even the people that weren't uh, weren't really interested in working remote have been forced to. So they can see the possibilities of and how easy it is for people like you and I who work for ourselves in our own little worlds uh, yeah. all around the world uh, with our computer from our homes, right? And so there is a massive allure, and I, I imagine more more so than ever now for people who are just entering the job market to be like, you know, sod it, I'm going to do this on my own terms, my own way. And so now the companies are going to have to work even harder than they were before to say, oh, you know, come here to my safe, to the safe job that your parents told you you should always have because... At this safe office, see, yeah, yeah. People see through that now, right? So... So actually to be a company who stand for something and say, you know, this is what we believe and we're looking for people who feel the same way is a really strong move, isn't it? I think so. You know, standing behind your values so they're not just corporate wallpaper. I mean, I've worked with lots of companies. I've worked in lots of companies. And I don't ever, I don't, you see lots of things about honesty, integrity. Oh, yeah. Or, you know, we've, we've all seen the words, but actually it's about sometimes putting your money and your actions where your mouth is, you know. And I think the ability to see, I, I'll just give you a really personal example. It really struck me. Um, there's a delivery company and it's always the same delivery guy every week. Darren, Darren, if you're listening, hello. He's, you know, and he turns up. And I'm like, how are you this week, Darren? He said, oh, my God, Sarah, it's like Christmas every day. It's just ridiculous. I said, is your company looking after you? And he went, no. I said, so what equipment have you got? What? And it's just, I can feel my fingers burning to tweet. And it's like, oh, you know, it's, you know, I think that's, you know, I don't know how companies get away with it, really. I think you've got to have a responsibility for the health and safety of your employees, psychological safety and feeling safe 
it's the number one thing that keeps employees happy in their roles above everything else, you know. So employees need to feel safe and they need to understand what your company is really about. So I agree with you because if more companies can work from home, then, you know, younger people and I think a lot of people want that work-life balance, that flexibility. So interesting times. Yeah. Yeah. That is a good conversation to have. Mm. Uh, and I wonder, I do wonder what the, uh, the, there's been a stat this week on in podcasting. It's taken us about 12, 13 years to get to a million podcasts, you know, and there are, I'm not talking about personally us podcast network solutions. <laughs> That's next week. <laughs> That's next week. But, you know, we're doing about 2000 a month. We're doing all right. Yeah. But we've, we've yeah. got, um, you know, there's a million. So there was a million. Yeah. And that milestone was hit early this year, first quarter. And um, so it's taken that long. It's like 12, 13 years, however long it's been to get to a million. In May, there were over 65,000 new podcasts launched. That's interesting. So because- it's like, so I'm yeah. wondering, I'm just wondering, like, that's an incredible stat from my industry, from the jobs market industry. I wonder how many, you know, self-employed, limited companies, new solo, small businesses will be launched off the back of this. We know a ton are going to close, but equally. Exactly. And sometimes as well, you know, when, um, you know, what's it they say on average, we work about 90,000 hours in a lifetime. and Let's face it, if you get married at 20, there's what, a 50% chance you're going to get divorced at some point. So I'm not trying to be pessimistic, but I'm not a marriage counsellor, but that's what I read, right? So let's just think about that in terms of jobs. We change jobs seven to 12 times in our lifetime. So that's like seven marriages or something. You know, it's not realistic to think what kept me happy then is going to keep me happy now, because I know from my experience, from career shifting and career changing, it's when something's happened to me, you know? I've thought, hang on, this has given me an opportunity to think, hang on, my job doesn't exist anymore. Or when I go back, my job might look very, very different. So let me have an adult conversation with my boss about that and say, right, how can I help the business? What does the business look like now? What are the goals now? So it's very often when, you know, if you're smart, Never waste, uh, you know, somebody who, I don't know who it is that says never waste a good crisis, you know, or never waste a change, you know, because a change is going to have a fundamental shift in your values if you're listening correctly Yeah. to what's going on with yourself, yeah? Yeah, absolutely. Is mm. that a Churchill quote? I don't know. Anyway. It might have been, yeah, yeah. Okay, awesome. So tell me more about what you're doing with your work and where people can find you. Yeah, sure. So my work is is focused on helping people shift career, particularly mid-career shifters or people that are, you know, they've been working for a long time, successful on paper, but feeling really unhappy, but are scared to change. And that can happen at any age, because as, as I mentioned, you know, it's not like we stay in the same job forever, but we don't stay in the same relationship forever often, you know. So a lot of people that want to shift their career Uh, I do a lot of work with teams, psychometric profiling. So understanding how you show up at work, the sort of mask you put on and then the real you, because then that helps you find the roles that really suit you. So I help teams work all that out to work effectively together. And I help leaders, um, 
who very often manage to get thrown into leadership positions without any supervision or help or support about what actually is the difference between managing and leading and they get burnt out, stressed. And it's amazing how often that still goes on. You know, people are thrown into leadership. And maybe, you know, that person doesn't actually want to be a leader, but they feel they should take that role. Not everybody needs to be a leader or there's many different definitions of leadership. You know, you might be a leader in a expert area of expertise but you don't want to lead a big team of people and actually that may not be your skill set you might be better at the more technical aspects so I do a lot of that kind of work Mm. very cool so where can people find you if they want help with that well if you uh google Sarah Jane coaching or Sarah Jones coaching um Hemel Hempstead or just Sarah Jones coaching you should find me and it's my website it's www.sarah s-a-r-a-h dash letterj.com so rolls off the tongue that doesn't it sarah-j.com yeah that's it the letter J. perfect thank you nice one that's all right thanks for joining me (laughs) big chat yeah and you This episode of Crisis Cast 2020 was produced by me in London and Kate Astrakhan in Michigan, with artwork by Ryan Field and sound design by Lee Turner. Crisis Cast 2020 is a production from Podcast Network Solutions, a full-service podcast production company who are ready to help you plan, record, produce, and promote your message with podcasting. To find out more and grab your copy of Podstar if you're feeling Pod curious, visit us at podcastnetworksolutions.com.